Uh, so first off, uh, this feels like a stupid question, but what is going on during your free time during these uh, troubled times? Free time. Uh, I mean, if you have free time, what are you? Uh, what what takes uh, up your free time? Explain. No, I, I <laughs> dude. I mean, that's the that's the weird um, uh, paradox of the of quarantine, right? Like, sure, it feels like you have all this free time, and then you end up filling it with. I end up filling it with mm. with work and new projects and. And stuff so i i feel busier than i've ever been i feel like my mm. my day is sort of wedged back to back all the time um so free time is like what do i do i, I come home and i eat and i hang out with my wife and we watch youtube videos <laughs> mm. is that like do you consider yourself like a workaholic in that or something like that um, I'm, I'm addicted to workahol. Is that what you're asking? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, mm. regrettably, yes. Um, gotcha. I don't, I, I, I'm not like a proud workaholic. Like I don't, I wish I was not. Sure. Um, I, w I wish there were, there was definitely a point in my life where, uh, I felt comfortable um relaxing but it's sort of like doubled back on itself and now mm. um i'm just trying to do as much as possible um to sort of optimize the things that i am doing um yeah for whatever reason i mean the reason is so that i can pay off my house that's <laughs> that's really <it's laughs> sure. i'm just i'm i'm scared that the world is going to end and then i'm going to have to foreclose on my house so i just want to get it done right no, no, I totally feel that. Uh, I do try to make sure after a certain point in the day that uh, it's like no work. Um, but also that's because I love free time. Uh, and obviously some some days and some weeks are busier than other weeks. But uh, I try to carve out that time for sure. Um, but I also kind of admire when I hear people go like i think that takes like i don't know if it's like a discipline or but to make yourself fill your time and to be productive uh yeah i think it's I feel I like it's i could be better sure. about that well yeah. better to what end right like i mean you know again like i'm doing it so that i can pay off my house right like i sure and 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 you know there are projects too. I mean, I, I just started a channel recently called Shuffle Master, where I stream and I open mm. cards and stuff. Um, yeah, and that's that's something that like, yeah, it it, it has become um, somewhat profitable. It's not exactly like killing it for me, but um, <laughs> it's it's really but it's fun. Right? Yeah, it's something that it I seems enjoy. Like you are in, yeah, like something you legitimately are like excited about yeah I'm, which... ver I'm very lucky to to have entrenched myself in an industry that is fun and i do enjoy um working in um so mm. th there's that aspect to it uh but yeah like to what ends for me is like i i just need to i just want to be able to n not worry that um i'm gonna have to move in with my parents at some point um mm, right but <clears throat> 
the the free time aspect too is is funny that you say that because I I I too am very disciplined about giving myself free time. Um, mm, okay. The the issue is like, can I enjoy that free time? Um, am I using mm, it without feeling restless or? Yeah, exactly. Um, and again, there was a period in my life where I was able to, but it's sort of gotten to a point again where now I have to relearn how to relax again. Um, and I, and I think it has a lot to do with, uh, quarantine because, mm. and, and it's a thing that's going around. A lot of people are saying like, um, a lot of people are saying, what are they saying? They're saying, uh, that you, it's, it's revealing the the actual extroverts and introverts in our society. You know, people sure. often proclaim like, I'm an introvert. And then, you know, during quarantine, it's like. I got to get out and see friends. And it's like, okay, are you really an introvert? Mm. Um, so the same thing sort of happening with me. I sort of knew I was um, extroverted in some way, but I always thought, you know, like, ah, you know, I was a quiet kid and, you know, I hid yeah. in my room a lot. Like, yeah, I must be. But this quarantine has been particularly difficult for me because I, so much of sort of the energy that I get, like creatively or, um, just any just life force in general I get from other people um, and mm. seeing other people and having experiences with other people. Um, right. So that, that has been, I, I think that has been a contributor towards, um, I don't want to say like relapsing, but I guess that's, that's probably a fitting term of where mm. like, I can't, I don't feel like I can relax because it sort of feels all, um, there's no flow to it. It all feels like it's coming right. in as opposed to like, oh, if I'm, you know, with friends and I'm playing a video game or watching a movie or something, then it feels a little bit more like there's a flow and there's a, there's a, there's a coming in and then there's a going out. There's a give and a take Yeah. as opposed to just like, I'm just consuming media for, <laughs> for six months. Like there was even a, there was even a point sort of at the beginning of quarantine, you know, Doom Eternal came out and I was very excited about that. Mm -hmm. And um, that was when we had first made a shift in my primary channel, Game Grumps, where mm -hmm. basically the whole team was like, well, you know, we're just doing this and we're waiting it out. So everyone just quarantine and take it easy. And we're sort of scaling things down right now. Um, so I did have a lot of free time. Um, I had a lot of days mm -hmm. where I wasn't doing anything. So I was like, all right, I'll just fucking sit at home and play Doom Eternal. Like, whatever, fucking impromptu vacation. Um, and there was a point after like three days of, of playing that game almost exclusively um, where I was like, I, I can't do this anymore. And it's not that I didn't want mm -hmm. to. It's not that I didn't want to keep playing Doom Eternal. There was just something in my brain that was saying, like, this is too much. Um, sure. you, you need to stop and do something else, um, which, you know, I don't know is if it's healthy or not. And that's something that I think I've been putting a lot of time examining in, uh, during this time and especially going to therapy and whatnot. Mm -mm. Yeah. I think, uh, with quarantine, obviously it's a very strange situation for everybody. Um, but being confronted with this seemingly almost just never ending sort of length of time where uh of this weird solitude uh i i'm the type of person i don't know about you but i am very like even with my um 
this is you're gonna learn a lot about me in a second. <laughs> like for my fucking like uh, media consumption, I'm a very like list oriented, very like I love checking things off lists. That's oh of yeah, I, I feel that. Uh, I'm right there with you. And so yeah, for the past couple of years, um, I would I had like this goal for myself of uh, every month. You know, try to like I don't know, watch at least one show a month if you can, uh, finish one game if you can. You know, di- just different little things to try to like, because there are you know there are plenty of times where you just go I don't feel like doing anything mm-hmm. or uh, you know I I'm not in what am I in the mood for? Uh, you just you know scrolling around your shit not knowing what to do. Whereas having it be more goal oriented and like oh you know you got if you finish this show you finish it for the month mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Gamifying that's it. something that really helped me a lot uh back then but then with quarantine i filled all my goals for the year (laughs) like with the time that i had wow uh very quickly uh and then and then you're just left with this sort of uh (laughs) well fuck that was never something i ever could have done in any other year but because this year has been so strange and you know because usually I'm 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 like you in that um, I I don't know whether I necessarily call myself either strictly an extrovert or introvert. Um, like here's here's a question for you. Like when you are uh, let's say at like a party, you don't know a lot of people. Uh, what is your natural sort of like mode are you the one who's like very talkative or are you more withdrawn what is your sort of i guess right. natural state um, in that it, situation it depends um it, it mm. extremely depends i can easily be mm. the wallflower and i can also easily be the guy that talks to everybody um it really sure. depends on the mood i have going into it but um the thing that i've mm. discovered that is the most consistent about me in terms of um uh I don't even know how to say it. The thing that's most mm. consistent about me at, at, at parties that I've discovered is um, I do a thing called doorknobbing. Have you ever heard of that? No. Um, it's this idea that if you are in a situation and you're a social situation or whatever, um, mm. where there's sort of things expected of you, a party or whatever, you're expected to talk to people, you're, you're sure, sure, whatever. Um, when you're sitting in it, um, you feel uncomfortable uh, sitting mm-hmm. in it and sort of engaging in it. Um, but the prospect of sort of that you're leaving, that you're sort of out the door, um, mm-hmm. empowers you to be more um, open about the situation that you're in. Um, because mm-hmm. you have an out. You've already like given yourself an excuse, like, I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that happens with like, therapists a lot like people won't open up until they're about to leave and then they just start unloading and it's like oh but we're sure. we're going um so uh i am guilty of this um it's something i work on profusely but the upside is that it works for me at parties even if i trick myself so if i mm. show up to a party and then i do like one thing I, I show up and i like talk to like i had a goal i was like i'm gonna go there and i'm gonna talk to this one person i'm gonna meet with this one mm. person i'm gonna have a conversation and i'm gonna leave um, if I sort of do that to myself, 
And then after that happens, and I'm like, all right, I'm leaving now. I'm going to go say bye to a bunch of people. Then I have a bunch of really engaging conversations with people. Sure, and I end up staying yeah. at the party for like two hours, even though I told myself I was leaving two hours ago. I see. I've never really thought about the, like, tackling that so goal, I guess, goal-minded or specifically. Like, that's interesting to me. I, uh, to answer the question for myself, uh, I feel like, over the years, well, not over the years, um, I think naturally, uh, unless I'm around, you know, if I know everybody at the party or if I'm very comfortable, then that's a very different situation, you know. Obviously, you're much more comfortable around people you're good friends with. But if I am around a lot of strangers and I don't really know a lot of people, I do tend to, like, really clam up. Mm. Uh, and I feel like that's also, if I'm being totally honest... Uh, as time has gone on and like, uh, so I'll go to like an, like a party and there's a lot of, you know, creative type people there. Um, and in, and not in a lot of, in a lot of situations, it's like, they will know who I am, but I don't know who they are. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you have any issues with this, but for me, it feels like a sort of like uncomfortable imbalance of like. I don't know. Do they expect what? Do, what do they expect from me? Uh, I, the my sort of natural state um, is, I don't want to say uh, not withdrawn, but it's pretty low key. Mm -hmm. I think, and I think a lot of people, if they only engage with me through, let's say, YouTube or whatever. Um, then there's a def there's definitely a different perception of me. I think they may have, they might be expecting more right. uh, from me, uh, and I don't ever want like feel the urge to like I don't know play so you, up to it. So you feel like it's I, like performative almost. I really do dislike being performative, and when I sense that other people are being performative around me, for whatever reason, maybe that's just their natural state. But it, it is it is kind of like a uh, turnoff for me. Like mm. I would much rather engage with somebody uh, on a you know just sort of chill you know natural conversation sort of level. Um, whereas I don't have the urge necessarily to like uh, be the you know center of attention or like the or try to like be more be a different person than who I really am. I, yeah. Um, it, it, and I've, you know, so sometimes people will be like, oh, you're a lot like, um, more low key or, oh, were you like mad? And it's like, no, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not mad. <laughs> uh, I, I'm just, uh, you know, I don't just, uh, low key kind of guy. I mean, I can be very excited. Right. I can be very like, you know, passionate. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's not that's only if I'm naturally feeling it. I never feel the need to like uh I guess be who other people might expect me to sure, be. Sure, yeah. I mean for me it's a yeah. self-worth thing, right? Like I I mm -hmm. um d depending on how I'm feeling about myself, um it'll be easier, more difficult at a, a party situation, for example. Like if I'm mm -hmm. if I'm going into a party and you know the implication there is that I'm Aaron from Game Grumps and people sort of have a semblance of that understanding. It's a lot easier for me to, to sort of mingle because I think there's um, 
that there's less like, what am I doing here? What's the point? Do I belong here or not? Um, you mm-hmm. know, do I deserve to be talking to these people? When of course, you know, on a surface level, you deserve to be talking to any person. Um, sure. But there's there's definitely a, um, a, a sort of self-worth barrier or, or meter mm-hmm. that's like constantly going up or down in my head of, of self-judgment um, sure. when I'm around other people. So, you know, if I'm at a YouTube party or whatever, it's a lot easier for me to to talk to other people because, you know, A, I have something in common with them, but B, because, you know, I know what my worth is based on, you know, the numbers of the channel or, you know, just mm. the, the reputation that I have and that I've built. Um, mm, mm. So it's much, it's much easier to just feel like I deserve to talk to this people, this person. So I'm just going to do it, you know? Um, mm. Whereas as a human being, you know, then there's then there's the more nebulous judgment that that obviously shouldn't be judged in the first place. But like, am I funny enough? Am I cool enough? Am I interesting mm. enough? Um, that stuff is a lot tougher to tackle. Um, so I, I, I so weirdly, I'm I'm sort of the opposite. In like, if if somebody knows who I am, it's a lot easier for me to have a conversation with them because I oh, sort of feel like like all right, I've already like I don't really have to like work to yeah you don't have to like hi i'm you know they if they have if they know who you are it actually makes things easier for you yeah because then i can just i can just jump into it and like i'm not i've i've learned a lot over the i I was never raised in like social environments or anything like that so i didn't i didn't um i don't have a natural knack for conversation Mm. or or getting along with people so it was it was Mm. stuff that i had to learn i read like many books about it um, because I, I did find it very problematic to be at parties and stuff like that. And I, and I wanted sure. to get better at it, um, especially because of the job that I'm in now. Um, it, mm-hmm. it requires so much to be networking all the time and knowing people. Um, so, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've learned the tricks of how to um, have conversations that flow with people and to be able to communicate with people better. But at the same time, my instincts for conversation have always been very strange um mm. and i and i always ask weird questions and i always ask like stuff that's a little too deep even if i shouldn't and uh stuff that's kind of off the wall and i think that i've i've i, I don't know what the point is of me saying that but um do you I've, have an example i found of it some, to, of, of one of those types of questions um that's a good question that's it's i'm not to put you on the spot well it's it's a weird it's a weird thing where like i always have like if you ask anybody that's in my life regularly now like when you met aaron like what did he say to you they're always like oh i remember so clearly what he said to me and i'm like oh you do and then and then they'll just Mm. yeah he asked me like i think vernon i think vernon had a famous one where when i first met him i asked him we we were on some shoot or whatever, and I just asked him like how his poops were today. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> okay, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. not like it's not like I'm like trying to be funny or anything. It's just no. I'm, I'm just like I don't know. I was <laughs> kind of curious how his bowel because probably because I was thinking about it for myself or whatever, and I was just kind of sure. curious what what other people were going through that day or whatever. Um, so yeah, let me ask you uh, uh, on that note, uh, like. Because I something I can get very passionate about topic wise is, uh, do you use a bidet in your home? Yes. 
isn't it like the most life changing? Like, why doesn't everybody use the bidet? Yes. Sort of thing? Um, I uh, because I had so I rented a place that was mm. um that I rented a place in Glendale. Um, Glendale is very heavily Armenian, and I guess it's a mm. it's a it's an Armenian thing to have a bidet more often than than other cultures. Um, I did not know that. Okay. So I don't know if that's true or not, but that's my landlord. Well, as far my, as I know now about Armenia, I'm just going <laughs> to uh, write that down in my mind. He, he seemed to be really stoked on it. So maybe, maybe I'm sure, just sure, maybe sure. I'm just uh, stereotyping because my landlord was Armenian <laughs> and the things that he like, he had a grapevine and everything like his the house was very um, uh, it had a lot of like Armenianness about it, which was awesome. It was very cool. And I learned sure. a lot about the culture as a result of that. Um, but it had a bidet, um, which I'd never had in my life for like the first like year I lived in that place. I didn't use it because I was sort of mm. scared of it. Um, okay. and then I started using, it was, it was like a separate one too, um, which mm. was really strange, uh, for me. And, mm-hmm. but then I started using it and I was like, this is the best. And then I saw a Twitter post from somebody that described it so cleanly. And then I never went back ever since. And it was mm. like, um, yeah, dry wiping is disgusting because if you imagine you got like poop on your arm or something, like would you just be satisfied with like taking a paper towel and like wiping it off? No, exactly. You would fucking like douse it with soap and water. So like, why are you doing that to your butthole? Um, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, God, that's so true. That is so true. And then I never ever like if I have to if there's if there's like a sink in the bathroom, I just have to like wet the 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 toilet paper. Like, I can't just dry wipe and be done with it. I just, uh, whenever I have to take a shit at somebody's place that doesn't have a day, I just feel like a fucking animal. Like, <laughs> like, a, like a fucking caveman. Uh, and I, and they're not, you know, and we don't have like a super expensive one. Like, ours is pretty cheap. And I'm just like, guys, you can, you can, it's not that expensive for like a solid bidet. And, it will change your life. Uh, the first time I used one uh, was in Vegas. Actually, I was in a like uh, I I had never used one before. It was another, it was a separate one as well in the in the suite. And I was like, huh. I was very like in that, like ooh, this is my t- like <laughs> like having sex for the first time or something. I was like, ooh, I get to try the the bidet and. Uh, uh, I don't know about you, but uh, you know, before COVID, you know, you I imagine you traveled quite a bit, right? Yeah, dude. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I also was traveling quite a bit, and uh, hotel bathrooms uh, have shitty ass toilet paper, <laughs> and like you just, uh, it just sucks. So once I experienced, you know, a bidet in a hotel room, I was like, this is the best thing ever. And then, you know. Uh, when I went to Japan and went and experienced those bidets, mm. I was like, "My God, yeah. they are! It is truly living. That is, uh, I don't even need that level of luxury as long as it just. I mean, it's, it's has not enough pressure to blast my ass, and I'm <laughs> happy. You know, it's, it's not even that because now that I, I don't live in that house that I described earlier, um, mm. I've I've got another place now, and um, we put the the toilet seats on the on the toilets we with every toilet in the house has the the little with the buttons on it they're not that expensive anymore mm-hmm. um yes right because it used to be like it was like the toto toilet that like lifted itself up and it was like fucking thousands mm-hmm. of dollars or whatever but like you could just get a seat 
that you just plug up to your yep. water line and then boom you got a fucking you get a sick ass japanese style toilet for like not that much money and they just sell them on amazon like exactly yeah that's where we got ours yeah for not not for very much at all uh everybody listening to this for god's sake <laughs> get a bidet please i want to i want to uh, give you a tip um when you're in those yeah, when up? you're in those bidetless situations and it's going to sound disgusting um but, okay. to, but to me it's 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 much more cleanly um sure if you don't have a sink nearby or anything and you and you do want to get get some wetness on your toilet paper you just spit in it dude <laughs> you are not the first person to tell me this uh i don't hmm something about it's not even the 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 spit something about spit I just don't like spit. Well, yeah, our mouths can get pretty fucking disgusting. Especially, I'm not saying you love spit, but it's like I just, I have like an extra like kind of like yeah, I don't know. I um will consider it maybe. Uh, I'm the t- I'm the type man. I had really steered this a certain way, but before bidet times, uh, I was the type to to overwipe. You know, hmm. uh, get that nice you know fucking bloody ass sort of thing if you're too, if you're not careful like so because yeah. i just i just can't i just can't have like any of it any trace yeah. of it uh uh so once a once bidets were in my life it was just uh oh like, it's great i mean yeah it, the only reason that i wipe after a bidet is just to dry it off i don't do the exactly. I, I won't do the air dry thing like some of those toilet seats have like the dryer and it's like that i don't like that that feels like you're mm. like you're blowing hot ass smelling air at my at my butt. Like let me just dry yeah, it like yeah. a normal person. Anyway, speaking of my bleeding asshole, um, how's uh, uh I I was actually wondering about uh not to completely change topics again, but I I tend to do this uh with uh the new channel uh the collecting cards thing is that something you've always been into? Uh, it's yeah, just a relatively new thing. I grew up on Pokemon and, um, mm. and, uh, yeah. And then there was like another phase where I think Diamond and Pearl, I got back into it briefly. Mm. Um, Su- Susie got into it as well. And we, we would have Pokemon matches and stuff. But, um, yeah, it was just something, um, we did a brand deal on Game Grumps for, mm. uh, magic the gathering and so i had to learn mm. how to play magic the gathering which i'd sort of always wanted to do but um mm. never just felt like i had the time or whatever and sure. uh, in learning how to play it i got immediately obsessed with it um and it just mm. it just it, it clicked all the boxes in my head um that of things that i love like collecting stuff um uh you know playing a game in person with with you know cardboard uh yeah uh you know the game is very engaging uh so it just uh, immediately like dived right in and just got super into it and you know i was already you know opening packs all the time just because i i loved it um and i i was just like man what would happen if i streamed so i just started streaming it with my phone um on Mm. on my old cartoon channel uh and you know people were showing up and it was uh people were putting in super chats and you know, people seem to really like it. And I was like, fuck, man. I just do it a little more often. And uh, remind me later, computer. It wants to restart. Um, hmm. And, 
after it just became like a regular thing and and i would i just i loved doing it it made me so happy to 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 stream it um i just you know got all the materials and put together a set and uh and now it's a now it's a thing and and for me it's not just about cards at this point it's almost like an outlet to to talk to people because game grumps is so insular in a way like it's just me sure, and dan sure. hanging out on a couch and like we don't have an audience that we can like talk to and it's like you, you don't read the comments like that just ruins your day um <laughs> right right so like you know it sort of felt like there was a barrier between me and um the audience and and being on a stream where i'm on camera and um it it there's a way better flow there's there's it's almost like mm. it's almost a dance that you're doing with the audience that i really really like and you know, I've been entertaining um, on camera or on mic at the very least, you know, half my life at this point, um, mm. and especially after doing a bunch of like live shows and stuff. So it's just a, it's just a place that I feel very comfortable in um, just sitting um, in front of an audience. Uh, so that's that that gives me something that I wasn't getting before. Um, sure. And that's super fun. But the, the original question was about uh, trading card stuff. And y yes, I'm I'm yeah completely down the rabbit hole on that and um i know that you and i have sort of tweeted back and forth about this because i know that you are particularly into um pokemon i think oh yeah i do like pokemon quite a bit yeah yeah that would be uh, um, fantastic to get some games in and to, and to talk collections <laughs> oh yeah i mean collecting uh collecting is a big problem for me like i do or i mean for me i think the biggest thing right now is the board games uh which I'm very curious. I know we've like kind of talked about board games in passing before, but I'd be curious to talk about that in a second. But uh, as far as the cards go, um, there was, I think a couple years ago, I, so like as a kid, I collected Pokemon cards and mm -hmm. I knew how to play the card game. And do you, do you play all the card games you collect? Um, or are there some that you just collect? Yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh! I just collect right now. Um, I, with, I, I, I have an intent. The problem is we're in quarantine right now, right? Like, so sure, if, sure. if this were normal times, I would know how to play Yu-Gi-Oh! Because I would have had friends over that know how to play Yu-Gi-Oh! And we would have played. Mm -hmm. And it's like, there's only, you know, I, I still, Magic's my number one game right now. So um, sure. if I want to play Magic, I do it over Spell Table, um, which is mm. for, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but at least for the people at home, it's, uh, it's like a website that they built specifically for quarantine um, that uh, oh, okay. it's just like you put in a webcam and you point it down at your table and then um, oh, you can click and it'll scan the cards and it'll show you like what the card is and it keeps track of your life total and everything. And what the um, fuck, really? Yeah, it's great. Um, oh my God. But at the same time, like it's, it's just not the same. Um, it, sure. does, it doesn't feel the same. Like it's kind of hard to see uh, the webcam footage and stuff and, um, but it, at the very least, it's a way that you can play paper magic with people remotely. Um, huh. so yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll show you. <laughs> Do you play magic? I'm not gonna, I have played magic only once or twice. I like it. I think it's a great design. And okay. I've played like some of his other games. Um, I was definitely more, uh, as a kid, I played a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. Um, but like only like classic Yu-Gi-Oh. Like after a certain point I don't understand it anymore. I never kept up with it. But anything that was like in the first what two seasons of the show, I don't know how familiar you are with the show, but No, not uh, at all. Okay. Uh, I I grew up with that. So I I fucking loved Yu-Gi-Oh. Um I I got really into that. Uh 
Dual Links is an app that I got. It's like a simplified version of Yu-Gi-Oh that yeah. I got really into for a while. I actually played that on my honeymoon, like a long, a lot of the <laughs> downtime down because we went to Disney World, so I was just playing that constantly. <laughs> uh, fucking love. I mean, uh, the Pokemon. Um, I definitely don't play it anymore. I I still know how to play. Um, but what I did end up doing was I got sort of the bug and I, uh, I don't know, like four, some, some years ago, I randomly bought like a couple, uh, you know, like, oh, you know, I gave away my cards a long time ago. I bought some at a con just like, oh, this is like uh, nostalgic. And then immediately I was like, well, I could buy a couple more. And then it, and then I, there's that realization of like, you're an adult and you have income and you can buy all the cards you wanted as a kid. Yeah. So what I decided to do was I bought and still have uh, every Pokemon card from base. How familiar are you with the the sets? Uh, yeah, I'm very familiar. Very familiar. Okay. So I collected basic up to Neo. What the fuck? What's the latest? What's the last gold silver generation? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, Neo, Neo Destiny, Re- Neo Genesis. I forget the name. Neo Revelation, I believe. Neo Revelations. That's right. Yeah, uh, I decided to just collect all of it, uh, and it was a thing of just going to pawn shops and like. Wait, so you have a this... full Neo Destiny and Neo Genesis collection? I think so. Yeah. I, let me. You know, I could check. <laughs> Jesus. I. I I uh that's that's where def- that's where the sets start getting really expensive cuz like base set like everybody everybody played base set and collected base set but I I feel like pokemon cards were coming going out of style when the neo sure. series was coming and so like you know foil umbreon and shit is like really really expensive um, oh I know <laughs> I, there were cuz what I would do was I would start raiding the local pawn shops or like the local card shops and have I had like my checklist of like on my phone of okay I need this 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 and you sometimes you would find really like like rare finds or whatever like in the bargain bin if you were lucky, but after a certain point, um, shit maybe I'll just go. Well, I'm gonna go grab my binder real quick. <laughs> I mean <laughs> I would. Go, are you kidding? Dude, I will. Grab if it we were not in quarantine right now, I'd be like I'm coming over. <laughs> Let's see what do I have I have a lot of cards actually so yeah i'm looking through this i collected uh, yup up all up through revelations <laughs> Jesus. uh trop the what what the fuck was it the tropic the the palm tree one the uh, oh yeah southern islands or, yes yeah yeah southern islands um i also when i was collecting uh i've kind of stopped but um, you know, who knows when it will happen again. Uh, I'm really into the uh, uh, full art cards. Um, yeah. I like those quite a bit. Uh, the EX cards are fun. Uh, I also went and collected all the, I think, all the promos as well. Like um, like original Blackstar promos or like all promos? Uh, God, what, what were they? Um, this is interesting for anybody. You know, except I don't for shit. us, <laughs> I've never cared. Uh, yes, the original Black Star promos. Yes, wow. Uh, I uh, 
Because it was this thing of like, well, if I'm gonna collect them, gotta catch them all, bitch. Like, you gotta, gotta catch them all. I'm, them. I am, I am definitely a binder guy. Like I play Pokemon. I, I play Magic and I collect mm -hmm. Magic cards so that I can play them. Pokemon, I do play Pokemon, but I collect them so that I can collect them. Um, mm -hmm. I, I do have set mm -hmm. binders. I, I have, I have a complete base set. Um, I have a near complete jungle. I'm missing two cards. Near complete fossil. I'm missing two cards. Um, Which cards, by the way? I'm just curious. If you know offhand. Um, fossil. I remember non-foil Jolteon. Um, I'm missing. Man, the whole foil non-foil shit was so irritating. Uh, I was yeah. Like, yeah, uh, I I was not a fan when they started doing that, but um, jungle. I don't, I don't, I don't remember what I'm missing. It was it was a foil something, um, and then and then of course the, then the next goal for like, you know, um, uh, the original 150 sets is uh to get the first editions. So like I'm halfway through mm. fossil, like I'm. You know, a third of the way through jungle, getting oh, first you're editions. Getting first editions on everything. I mean, it's you know, it's just it's just one of those things where like, yeah, oh, it's sure. it's like I'm done. What's next? You know, oh, I guess I could get all the first editions. You know, like so. It's, it's, I I didn't go that far. Okay. I also collected a lot of other shit. Um, I, you know what I did, and I stopped doing, but I did like for a while. Was I was like, I'm gonna get one card of every Pokemon, and oh. I did that. Uh, and that was its own interesting task because it's like some Pokemon, there's only like one card. Of, yeah, and sure. It's really expensive. Well, how do you choose uh, if there's multiple cards? Uh, if you get like a really be, shitty version of like a card that has like a really amazing version of it, are you like, mm, that doesn't count? No, I think for that goal, uh, it was just to collect one of each, but if I liked one better, I would just get that one. Oh, I would okay. look. I would look up on like Bulbapedia or whatever. Yeah, the funny thing is, I don't. I the thing about collecting for me is, um, I definitely have the impulse to collect. I have a lot of collections, um, mm. but I think the thing that hit different about card game stuff was that it's all so contained um, mm. in you know a binder or whatever a shoebox or whatever. It's it's all there. And it's all in sure. one place. You know, I have the other probably like quote unquote impressive collection that I personally have is my D Arts Dragon Ball figure collection. I have mm -hmm. almost every D Arts Dragon Ball figure collection, save a couple San Diego Comic Con exclusives. Um wow. of which I have most of anyway. Uh but mm. but the thing is like they're like some of them are like in a in a drawer and like a lot of them are on display and it's, it's just kind of, it's mm -hmm. like not all together in one place. Um, I see. and it's the same thing with like transformers. You know, I had the first transformers collection that I, uh, completed was the transformers animated series. I got every single transformers animated figure, but that's so many figures that mm. it's, it's difficult to like display an entire collection like that. Um, sure. whereas, you know, base set one, it's all in a binder. There it is. You got it. It's there. Yeah. It's done. You know, I, I have a couple Charizards I'm getting graded. Um, but like for the mm. most part, it's just like, there it is. There's the collection. That is nice. Uh, I mean, as speaking as someone who collects fucking board games, like 
uh i have to have the big giant like ikea shelf like what the five by five calyx or whatever uh it's just this behemoth of a wall and i don't even have room like my office is filled <laughs> with the games i haven't played yet i have like stacks and stacks like so i know exactly what you mean and i, I also um did heavy anime figure collecting for a time and i still like it has to be something really amazing if i buy something now yeah. um but i you know that takes up a lot of space too uh I, uh, but I've managed to call it down to like a lot of the essentials. Whereas, you know, when you're starting out, or I don't know about you, but when I was starting out anime figure collecting, it was definitely like everything. You just want to get everything. Just, <laughs> it's this, you know, treasure trove of all this shit. And now it's like, you know, it's got to be like pretty special if I'm going to, you know, because I got to make room for it. And, yeah, um, exactly. If I'm if I go to Japan or something and I'm like overwhelmed with the I I, I always got to consider like where am I going to put it? That's I always consider mm -hmm. that. I've got this I've got this big display in my side room in my house that has all these figures and manga and stuff on it and it's this very cool artistic display, but like it's full. Um and I got to mm -hmm. consider like if I'm if I'm getting something, you know, where am I going to put it? I can't just be like well, I'll just go on my desk because, like, I keep my desk pretty down to the essentials so that it doesn't get cluttered mm -hmm. so that I can, you know, sign documents on it or whatever, or, you know, feel comfortable sitting down and getting some work done on it. Because um, if I have too many tchotchkes on my desk, then I don't want to use my desk anymore because I'm sure. afraid I'm going to knock something over or, you know, I'm going to get distracted because, of, I mean, that was the thing that appealed to me at first about Transformers was... Um, I mean, I, I watched Beast Wars as a kid and I played with Beast Wars, but I'm sure that was the main thing. But um, mm. I just liked having a figure on my desk that I could fiddle with. Um, and this was like mm. pre-fidget spinners, you know. So, sure. you know, it was it was having a, um, a Generations Optimus Prime that's like pretty simple to transform and he's like a sturdy figure and he looks good in both forms. Like that was, I loved that um mm. and that was the appeal and then of course you know it got completely out of hand <laughs> oh i know i know how that yeah uh i'm just running what else do i uh manga takes up a lot of space in terms of collections um yeah i try to cycle that stuff out yeah i should <laughs> um, i i mean i have gotten rid of stuff um especially like uh when i moved uh or whenever i moved a couple times i would you know get rid of some stuff get rid of some stuff but um it comes and it goes for me because i I had, I had a kindle phase um oh, okay so i had all of naruto um the mm. the actual physical manga and then sure. i read like the first i don't know, like 10 volumes um on in book and then i discovered kindle because i was traveling a lot um and mm. like i didn't want to bring fucking you know 15 volumes which is what i ended up digesting when i was traveling um mm -hmm. i could just put them on a kindle so i got the whole of naruto on kindle and then i just read the rest of naruto on the kindle and then because i had done that um you know and i had this giant shelf of naruto i was like well i should get rid of these um these naruto manga and i did mm. um and like part of me is like i kind of kind of regret that a little bit like i I do prefer 
reading the physical um book as opposed to on a kindle uh mm. but at the same time you know if i had my entire manga collection on one little device i probably wouldn't complain um yeah <laughs> if if somebody true. was like you got to throw it out and use it on a kindle i'd be like yeah all right whatever fine <laughs> right first off i love reading while shitting going back to shitting again <laughs> i love reading on the toilet sure so for me i just like having a physical book um that and i don't know there is definitely like a collector's side to me now but i won't collect like like for example i read one piece uh but i read that on on the ipad like weekly i don't yeah. uh, collect that because that would be all you know, it's like over a hundred or not over a hundred it's almost a hundred mm-hmm. uh volumes of that um jeez yeah that's another kindle uh, one for me I, would, I don't think i would ever get the actual books of one piece yeah um well i guess you know there's a man there's a couple things i'm interested in uh uh asking about but um before before i get into just talking about more collections and stuff <laughs> um and uh is there anything you want to talk about or you have any questions about? If not, don't worry about it. Like, I'm not, you don't have to think of something. But if there was something, I would like to, you know, I'd be curious. Uh, Otherwise, I'm just going to ask you about fucking collections or something. <laughs> uh, no, man. I mean, you know, it's 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 nice finally uh, being able to talk to you. I always felt like you were a, a dude that I would get along with really well. I feel like we've got a lot of similar mm. interests. We're in the same fucking industry. I mean, you're, you're, a, sure. you're a very prolific voice actor at this point, And I am always very impressed by everything I hear by you and always very um, tickled when I see that you get a, you score a huge role. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah, man, you're, you're, um, you're a fucking star in that, in that field. I can't imagine not seeing you, you know, in the coming years, being some fucking main character in some SpongeBob esque huge show. I, <laughs> uh, I guess that's also something I've been, because uh, you know, I, I, uh, I think you're quite an impressive voice actor as well, actually. Um, uh, and I'm not just saying that; like, I, I do mean that honestly. Uh, and oh, stop. <laughs> Go on, but stop. <laughs> And, you know, I'm sure a lot of people have said this to you, I'm sure, but, like, uh, back in the day, man, you know, the your voices in Flash in Flash cartoons and stuff, even that, like, uh, was a big inspiration for a lot of people, including myself. Um, so, uh, it means a lot. I, I do appreciate it. Um, yeah, it's fucking wild guess, to, to hear about that stuff, mm-hmm. too, because I, I, I hear that quite a bit, actually. Um, sure. Which, you know, is always very flattering and very uh, awesome to hear. But it, it 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 always surprises me that it comes out of the mouths of people who you know like go to their Twitter profile or whatever, and it's like, "Hey, voice of this main character in this show," and it's mm. like, "Wait, what?" Like I'm not even there yet because I moved when I was 21 or 22. I moved to California to pursue voice acting, and then right mm. when I got here, um, you know, it, it was a bit of a struggle at first, but um, I started you know doing the youtube thing full time um so that was you know that was very it was very prolific for me and and uh i i sort of put voiceover 
on the sidelines um, because mm. this was something that was, you know, giving me joy and it was giving me a living and it was giving me a decent sure. living. Um, and it required a lot of my time. Uh, yeah. So I didn't pursue that for, you know, almost a decade uh, seriously until, mm-hmm. you know, I realized like, hey, this is something I do really enjoy. A decade later, it's still something I really want to do. Um, sure. and, and then I found myself an agent and now I'm doing the whole like audition game and stuff. And, mm-hmm. but most of the roles still that I've gotten are because of literally, you know, people who watch my cartoons a decade mm-hmm. ago and now have their own shows and mm-hmm. are like, dude, I would love for you to be on this show. Like that's, that's still the, the bulk of my work are Mm-mm. fans who wanted to get me on a project you know the only Mm -hmm. the only jobs that i've gotten from playing the audition game were not the things that i auditioned for you know it was it was one of those is one of those situations where you know you shotgun a million auditions and then you know somebody gets back to you and is like we liked this guy's voice but for something else um oh yeah 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 right so you know i've gotten you know several of those uh but never you know, if I auditioned for fucking Superman or whatever in some new game or some new show or whatever, it's like, I'm not, I'm not going to, they're going to give it to, you know, who you would expect to get it. Um, so I'm not mm-hmm. getting those roles. Mm-hmm. Is, um, I guess for voiceover, uh, is it something you, I guess my question is, um, and you don't have to prioritize one thing over the other, but what, what do you, what is, do you have like a main focus creatively? Do you, do you, or do you just view yourself as someone who, uh, let's let the siren just keep going as loud as possible. <laughs> They're coming um, for you finally. Yeah. Uh, do you have what you consider one main focus or just, uh, several different paths? Um, well, so as a, as a kid, I was very, um, uh, I, I was I didn't have a focus. I was just a creative kid. I I liked mm-hmm. to voice act. I liked to draw. I liked to animate. I liked to write music. I liked to write stories. I liked to do poetry. I I was all over the map. And sure. it was only when stuff started catching on in a certain field that I was like, okay, I should focus on that and just be disciplined in that field. Um, so I still have, you know, the the sort of instinct to be creative about any circumstance i like thinking creatively about um creatively and critically about um how to approach certain things um when it comes to you know any sort of form of art um you know i'm always thinking in that way uh i had a series that was um quite popular on on youtube called sequelitis where i went into like the design Mm -hmm. of games and stuff and i stopped doing that and um it wasn't because i was not interested in doing that anymore it was just because you know i had other shit going on um if i didn't have anything else going on and at the time you know video games were like big for me i probably would keep doing sequelitis um Mm. so uh that's just how my brain works i just like being creative about certain things and when i'm put in a situation where i sort of have to be um creative about a certain thing i can do that um i can apply that 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 instinct to uh what i'm doing so for you it's more of like just a desire to be creative in some way it doesn't necessarily have to be 
this or this or this. It as long as you are uh, expressing yourself and challenging yourself creatively in whatever field that that is good for you. Yeah, I don't know is if that... expression is is a focus more than it is challenge. Yeah, I I, I like a challenge. I like mm. I, I like getting into it. You know, um, sure. Uh, sinking my teeth into something and and uh, that journey of like exploration and discovery and understanding and satisfaction from applying a sense of understanding um, is is one of the most satisfying things to me so I think that's the that's what drives me in uh, creative fields and that and you know that's something that would that's been great about um, shuffle master you know whereas mm. with game grumps it's sort of this established thing and the fan base wants a certain thing and you know we've been mm. around for eight years um, that there's you know we can try to wiggle um, in one way or another and sort of optimize and figure stuff out but for the most part that kind of pisses off fans um, mm, yeah whereas and 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 the downside to that being that the platform it's on YouTube is so ever-changing um, that you know it makes us difficult to it makes it difficult for us to pivot in a direction of of like okay well this isn't working anymore even though that was the mm -hmm. thing to do two years ago um let's mm -hmm. you know figure something else out it, it's it, it just doesn't it's it's tougher with something that's that's big like game grumps but with shuffle master is what's been really fun for me aside from that i get to fucking open cards um <laughs> is like okay you know, how do I go about titling these videos? How do I go about thumbnailing these videos? How do I go about picking the subject matter? How do I go about using the information that the analytics are giving me about what I'm opening and like the types of things that I'm doing? And like, can I clip these bits and put them on Twitter? And like, you, you know, just just playing that game is fun for me. Um, I, I find it incredibly interesting, like what connects with people and what like gets traction and um and as long as i don't um you know i don't i don't i don't feel it's important to sacrifice any sort of integrity of what i'm doing creatively with it um in terms of the show that's that's another thing that i've sort of learned uh, along the way too in in talking about game grumps as well is you know all all of that sort of optimization or like being creative or discovering something about how to make videos perform better or whatever it's it's all on the front end when it comes to what game grumps is that's never changed it's always sure. been exactly the same because it's a good show um mm -hmm. and we're good at it and we like doing it so like that right. and it, it's sort of the same sh thing with shuffle master a little bit is like i've already found the thing that i like to do and i'm really good at it and it's fun um mm. and i'm sure like over time that'll evolve slightly in one way or another but like what I'm really looking at is like, okay, what's, you know, what, what, what subject matter is connecting with the audience? What's, you know, thumbnails are getting people interested and like what questions am I posing in the descriptions or whatever, you know, stuff like that is, is super fascinating to me. Mm, okay. And I, I'm, I'm sure there's also just the fact that it's a new thing, right? You get to start watch something grow from, you know, the ground up again yes and also building something is a, very intoxicating 
it's very fun, right? Seeing those numbers. I mean, for me, it's about numbers going up. I love seeing the numbers go up. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, also, you, like you, by audience. the way, I sorry to interrupt, but you, oh, I, yeah, sure, sure. I look at your shit and I'm like, damn, this guy gets it. Like he's got the you, your videos, man. They get out there. It's fucking like all the flavors of Oreos and shit. Like <laughs> it's, a, it's a fucking uh-huh. genius concept, man. I because I never, you know, I, I always sort of viewed you as you know, not to pin you into a corner or anything, but like you were the dude who was a really good voice actor. And also you had these sort of short videos that would go viral on social media. Um, Sure. I had never really uh, examined your YouTube channel. Um, And then Mm -hmm. when I took a look at it, I was like, oh, this dude's like a fucking heavy hitter. I didn't didn't really (laughs) put that together that you're like fucking playing that game as well and you're kicking ass at it. Kicking ass is, uh, and I'm not trying to be like self-deprecating here, but it's interesting. I, so when you say like you're very interested in like what resonates, like, um, uh, and I, I, I think that's really interesting to hear that because as somebody who just, I just don't pay attention to any of that. <laughs> uh, and this is not meant to be like, Oh, uh, what the fuck? Like a humble brag. Like I legitimately am just like putting out stuff that I like to do. And listen, there are plenty of videos that I put out that just get nothing. But I'm also aware of it. Like I do board game reviews. <laughs> I know no, like nobody fucking cares about the board game reviews except right. like a very small percentage of my audience. Well, you should be. Uh, you should have a whole different channel for that then. You know, I should. Right. That'd be what the smart person would do. Well, that's that's what uh, YouTube. I just, that, that's how YouTube would benefit that. Well, it's, it's, I mean, if you're putting out the thing that I, I don't want to get too into it, but no, no, no. I know exactly what you're talking about. What's interesting is that the algorithm actually does not hit me that hard if I diversify my stuff, and it's weird. But I think it's just sort of the nature of certain videos do really well and that makes it so that the other videos you know can exist in the same space well but not not sync it i will argue uh, against that um because oh, I, okay, I think sure. you're th- thinking about it from you know a metaphorical like left side and i'm thinking of it from the right side where you're saying that your big con it's, it's not hurting your big content and your big content is helping the the lesser content we'll say we'll call Mm. it but i think it's the opposite in that like i think your big content is hurting your lesser content because Mm. there is an audience for that kind of content but you're not delivering it to the audience that wants it so by Mm. by creating a new channel you the algorithm would know how to deliver that very niche content to the audience that wants to see it and not be delivering it to people that want to see fucking 25 flavors of Oreos being opened, you know? Sure, sure, sure. I kind of disagree just because I feel like if I had started a new channel with just the board game reviews, like if I'm being totally frank about my board game reviews, I don't think they're anything super special. They're just me just kind of like talking about games and just reviewing them. You may not think think they're super special. But... Um, I do know that because uh, they're on my main channel, uh, listen, as far as board game YouTube goes, peop- the board game YouTube channels think I'm like a bit, like my YouTube videos are like a big hit. 
because it's not a big, you know, even the best of the best. Like, I consider, like, I don't know how much you know like, about, about board game YouTube, but, like, are you familiar with, like, Shut Up, Sit Down? No, or, not really. A, it's a YouTube channel. They do really, like, amazing, like, board game reviews. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think they're, like, the best of the best in terms of, like, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, creativity and whatever and the reviews. Um, and, I mean, some of the reviews get big numbers, but it's still, like, pretty, like, you know comparatively to like let's say like a channel of my size um but i think uh no i mean no i know there's also truth to what you're saying because uh yeah there is gonna be like people who just don't give a shit you know i i understand that but But also i find that people also uh i get a lot of comments and stuff from people go you know i uh subscribe for one thing but i started watching these other ones and uh I actually like got into that. I don't know. It's I think with my channel, as long as long as I put out stuff that I legitimately enjoy doing, like the whole like uh, eat fucking forty Kit Kats, like this is stuff I just wanted to do, <laughs> and now I'm giving myself the excuse to do it because I'm getting paid to do it. Right. Uh, like, uh, and I'm not. I'm also not the first person to come up with that idea. It was just something I saw or thought about. Like you know. I've always gone to like a grocery store and be like, man, there's a lot of fucking Oreos. What if I just try bought all of them? And then I was like, <laughs> well, why don't I do that? <laughs> and then yeah. I, I, you know, and that that those videos happened to like be a big hit. Um, and it's something where I think with my channel, I I try to make sure that uh, I enj- I have to enjoy it. Bottom line, and then if it's something that resonates. Then it's a win-win situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas, like with the skits, like truth be told, I kind of got a little burnt out, and then I just decided I'm not gonna. I'm gonna focus on something else, uh, and that is what kind of keeps me sort of sane in that space. Because I guess also for me, YouTube was never uh, something I thought I would ever have as a job. Mm-hmm. Like. I thought that was like an impossible thing. Like, I remember there was a time where I was like, a hundred thousand subscribers is impossible. I don't know how anybody does that ever. Um, and so this sort of like weird snowball accident over the years uh, has kind of left me in this position of like, well, uh, I guess I'll just uh, keep doing it, but I will do it on my terms even though i know that if i like let's say followed the played the game better Mm -hmm. you know the channel would be much more successful um but i think for me that was never a goal it's just kind of like a happy accident and i'm having i'm enjoying it so i'm just gonna keep doing it that way like you know like uh i don't know it's it's just uh stubbornness i guess (laughs) And like a sort of, uh, I don't know. For for me, the the voice, the voiceover acting was always like the dream. Yeah. Uh, that I've always been striving towards with everything that I've done. Oh yeah, it's the um, best. And then the YouTube was is like, oh okay. I mean, if you if you want <laughs> like to watch, if you want to, if you are interested, then all right, I'll. Um, do that well i think that's important and that's something that's something that 
it seems to me the way that you're talking about your work doesn't mm. is it's it's important that you're enjoying yourself and that you're using YouTube as an outlet. And I think when mm. you are saying, like for example, you're comparing your board game videos to another board game creators, and they're like clearly like, oh, that's the top board game creator, and it's like, yeah, okay, maybe they are, you know, for one reason or another. But the fact of the matter is, there I'm sure there are tons of people, thousands of people that are watching your videos and don't like the, that other guy's videos. Like your videos are in a different category because they're yours and they're your voice. Um, and it's not necessarily like a competition where, you know, let's say like in the Magic the Gathering space, right? Like there's there's like the two big dudes. There's Tolarian and there's um, Game Nights, right? And Game mm. Nights is like sponsored by Magic and they have like this huge production quality and people would say like they're the tippy top, right? But sure, sure. that's not necessarily like the goalpost. Like I've I have come out with a style of content that, isn't necessarily like anybody else's that's out there yet. And it's sort of carved out its own niche um, mm. that wasn't there before. Um, so it's, it's, it's not something that anybody was asking for, but it was something that people were interested in once it was there. Um, and I think that that is probably true of your content as well. And I think that that niche has a better opportunity of reaching people um, if it, if it has its own room to breathe. And the reason I say that is because the algorithm is better at discovering new audience when something is a lot more consistent. Um, your oh, yeah, yeah. your channel, for example, appeals to, and it's and in, in, in I'll give you I'll give you a perfect example of this, and it's it's Shufflemaster because when I started um, streaming um, card openings, uh, I did it on Eagle Raptor mm. because Eagle Raptor has well well because one I didn't have any other outlet other than Game Grumps, and that it's not it's just not Game Grumps content. Um, mm. but two, I had, you know, two point whatever million subscribers on that channel already. So I started streaming on it and immediately I was getting thousands of people watching me open cards. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. but also, uh, what was happening is it was, it was, it was plateauing at that. It was totally stagnant mm. at those numbers, which were fine numbers, sure. but I wasn't, it wasn't growing that brand. Right. Um, mm. And a lot of people were showing up in the chat and being toxic because, you know, it wasn't animation and they were yeah, old, right. old they, fans from eight years ago. Subscribe for. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, once I had moved over to its own channel, you know, obviously I wasn't getting those views from the beginning, but the growth was way, 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 way higher. And now that I'm streaming on Shufflemaster, even though I don't even have a hundred thousand subscribers on Shufflemaster, I am getting way more um mm. uh views and uh engagement on those videos than i was when i put them on ego raptor um mm. just for the very fact that the youtube algorithm knows what to do with it and the upside to that um is that so many of the viewers of uh shuffle master are also game grumps viewers and stuff the youtube algorithm realizes that and it recommends it to people that are likely to watch game grumps sure. stuff so shuffle master stuff gets recommended on game grumps it's 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 always putting feelers out there because but it's able to do that because the the content is super focused um and it understands mm -hmm. what this concept want what this content is you know what it represents the kind of people that watch that content and the kind of people who watch other content that's similar to it um when you're putting content on one channel that's all kinds of different content that the algorithm doesn't really know what's going on. You're, the The idea is a YouTube channel is supposed to kind of be like a Netflix show page, 
where mm. you go on a Netflix show page and you know what you're going to get regardless. And there's there's one channel that I always use an example in this situation, and that's um, Red Letter Media, where you know oh, yeah, it, yeah. it seems like they're this weird outlier because they have all these different formats and they all do really well. But the truth is they only have one format, and that's these funny guys sitting down talking about movies. You know, it sure. might it might have other names, you know, you know, half in the bag or or best of the worst, but in reality you're getting the same show every time you click a red letter media upload. Um right. So that's an easy gateway into other formats. But when you have channels that have like three or four different formats and they're like different types of shows, you have like a channel that has like a podcast and then has like, you know, a 2-minute sketch and then has like an animated video that's 10 minutes the algorithm doesn't know how to feed that and find new viewers for it. Um, and that's sure. that's why I think if you're putting board game content on this channel that's primarily, um, you know, sketches and stuff, that it's actually hurting that content in the, in the long run. And and also the upside to that is that if if you're getting a lot of fans that are migrating over that, that are cross-subscribers that are saying, like, I like this guy's content over here and I also like this board game content then people who watch your heavy hitter content that's getting a lot of views are probably going to be recommended your board game content a couple times um, to, mm. to see if you know they're also interested in that because the algorithm knows that they're related. Um, so there's, sure. there's honestly like no risk to focusing content on one channel or another. And that, I mean, that's all I'll say about it in terms of like hammering in on it. I just wanted to, I didn't feel like I was, I was, being clear enough about the my reasoning and oh no and i i it everything you're saying like absolutely makes sense and i actually am enjoying you you're clearly very passionate or like very interested in like all that how like the analytics and stuff and i can sense that and i i I, it's it's interesting to hear you talk about it uh well it's 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 fun in my opinion because it's it's fun to sort of see uh, I, I don't know you know when I was a kid I always imagined like wouldn't it be cool if you could this is just an example if if you had a brain that could um just like s- get a scientific answer on something right away so if mm-hmm. you could were walking around a town and you're like how many people here would give me like a dollar right now if I asked them and then like you know mm-hmm. everybody around you would like light up that would give you a dollar right now if you ask them like since I was like six years old, I was thinking about that shit. So there's just something sure. very appealing to me about knowing that there's some kind of system that's like always learning and growing and figuring out like what's the most optimal way of doing something and being able to sort of um, use that to your advantage. And uh, mm-hmm. and the best part about that is, is it's boosting um, quality content. I think when people associate like gaming the system they think of it as like this sort of vapid concept where you know you're just you're the content is second to optimizing getting clicks but i don't look Mm. at it that way i look at it as you're already making the content like you are good at making the content and you make good content the the point is you know there's a huge difference between ten thousand and a hundred thousand views um and Mm. the difference between that could be a thumbnail you know it could be sure. a thumbnail and a title um because you know you see a video and it's just like 
review number 17 of this game and it's like well i don't know what this game is and number 17 seems super you know uninviting and like i haven't watched the first 16 and i don't know what this is so forget it and versus like you know best board game i've ever played and it's like oh what's the best board game he's ever played you know mm-hmm. like that's i mean that's a really generic example but um yeah no i know yeah yeah it's still the same video regardless like it's the same content yeah it's just a way to like how to dress it up or make it more appealing no i totally i totally see the appeal of that for sure honestly i wish i could keep talking for longer but i actually have to wrap this up because i have something in like five minutes but oh that's right i, I will say that. oh no 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 i will say i uh, and i this is gonna sound phony but i legitimately really enjoyed talking to you and i would love to t- like shoot the shit again sometime doesn't have to be recorded <laughs> why would that you know? why does that sound phony because I, I guess you're like wouldn't you well why would would you say you didn't like talking to somebody <laughs> but you know what i mean but uh i um yeah no this this was good uh thank you for uh coming on man hell yeah i was i'm glad that we finally got to connect in some way i really i i, I really do feel like if quarantine didn't happen that we probably would already be friends and we'd be hanging out all the time so uh i i hope that when this is all over we can get together and play some fucking physical board games and stuff Man, I didn't even talk about fucking board games. Listen, I will chat up your ear about board games sometime. Hell yeah. I'm always looking for more people uh, to play with. Have you played the uh, Bloodborne board game? I've been meaning to try that. No. Do you have it? I do, yes. I'd be willing to try it. I will play anything. Like, I will play anything once. Hell yeah. Uh, re- so, let's... We should play some. And I, and I have a just a disgusting pile of games I need to people to play with so you know i uh, have an idea of something that we could collaborate on that i'll talk okay. to you about some other sure. time <laughs> okay cool <laughs> sounds good uh all right man thank you uh i don't really have a sign off or anything for this but uh thanks for listening everybody and uh where can we uh find you uh you got i got my main channel game grumps youtube.com slash game grumps and i also have my channel where i open cards called shuffle master youtube.com slash shuffle master all right thank you man this was it's been a pleasure yeah man it was great